Welcome back for more time together with our attention centered in God's Word tonight, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I remember in my teenage years and early 20s, thinking the book of Romans was one of the most difficult books in the Bible. It may be that I was told that, but I believed it for many years until one day I read through the book of Romans in one sitting. I was in college at the time, so I was doing a lot of reading every night. Much of the academic material I had to read, I did consider difficult. But to my surprise, when I sat down and pushed everything out of my mind, I had heard about Romans and just read through the book. My impression was not difficulty, but rather simplicity. There were passages I knew I would have to go back to and apply some more time to, but the flow of the book, the theme, the sequence, and then, of course, the lessons to learn all pretty simple. The more time I spent in Romans, the easier it was to understand what Paul was writing. And at this point in my life and my preaching, I'm close to saying that the book of Romans is one of the easiest books to understand. Perhaps you will see that in your reading through Romans, and you may detect it in our reading tonight in Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our danger, our sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. An approach to studying the Bible that has yielded great benefit for me is this. After you read a passage, after you read a paragraph, locate as best as you can initially one main idea. 
And once you've located that one main idea, go back and read again and see if that one main idea that you located maybe needs to be revised or adjusted or it may stand as the one main idea in that passage or paragraph. Now, when I do that with Romans 8, 31 through 39, Paul is writing to Christians. I keep that in mind as I begin to read the text. And the one main idea that emerges for me is pretty quick and pretty simple. It is stated in the text very clearly, God is for us. He is on our side. His plans reveal clearly He's on our side and He wants us to be saved. His plans back before the world began were aimed at Him, God, having a holy family. And to accomplish this, He did not spare His own Son. So, if we are God's people living under divine protective love and care that He promises, if God is for us, then the question comes up, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? And Paul brings that up. And is there anything that can separate us from the love of Christ? Now, at this point, you need to keep well in mind that this text is not a universal promise or a random selection of people to be blessed. The people here are God's people who have rejected the flesh for the spirit. Verse 28 says, those who love God. So the main idea in Romans 8, 31 to 39, is that God is for us. And this can be the daily joyous confession and state of mind of every faithful Christian. God is for us. All right, next step. Having this main idea well defined, we can take additional steps back into the text. And that's what I'm going to do with you tonight. Look with me at verse 37. And you'll find this sentence. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. I want us to study that together. And we're not going to study that as a standalone statement, <coughs> but rather as part of this context where the main idea has already emerged that God is for us. So let's look at verse 37 and see how that connects to the main idea. And our study is going to be very simple. Look at the first word in verse 37. And that word is no. Now, stop there a moment. If you're writing a letter or an article or an essay, you don't begin a sentence with the word no. No is a response. No is an answer. So there has to be something before the word no. There has to be a question somewhere in the context before the word no. So we have to look back into the context, 
to see what question is in the context that yields this negative response. I want you to look back at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then the question is expressed in greater detail into categories. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now that's our question. That's the question. And the answer we already know is no. In all these things, the things that are specified in verse 35, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Will these things separate us from the love of Christ? And the answer Paul gives is no. In all these things, the Christian is not separated from the love of Christ. So if you're a Christian and you find yourself in distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword, you can go to this text and say, I know God is still on my side, and I know that these circumstances have not separated me from the love of Christ as long as I remain where I ought to be, walking in Him. In fact, not only are Christians not separated from the love of Christ by the listed perils here, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Let's get a hold of that. We're ready to explore that affirmation. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Now, understanding this requires that we know what a conqueror is. Whatever a conqueror is, Paul says, we are more than that. Are you with me? Whatever a conqueror is, we are more than that. So let's explore what a conqueror is. A conqueror is one who experiences success in defeating an enemy, overcoming an obstacle, or meeting a challenge. Give you an illustration that everybody will identify with, if not in your personal life, certainly within your knowledge. The earth's highest mountain above sea level, located in the Himalayas and Asia, is Mount Everest, over 29,000 feet. Those who are so inclined have Mount Everest on their bucket list, not me. Every year, over 800 people attempt to reach the summit of Mount Everest. And by the way, about 6% die in their climb. Now, to those who have such ambition, it is a type of conquest. When they successfully reach the summit and they come down safely, they rejoice that they have conquered this self-imposed challenge. But it doesn't mean they're done with life. It may, in fact, add greater zest and self-confidence in their mind to do other things after they have conquered the mountain. Climbers want to conquer Mount Everest, but then they want more after that. 
Now, Paul is saying, while there is victory in Christ, I mean victory in Christ when we're baptized into him and as we walk in him, we are conquerors, but Paul says there is more. Just focus on that. There is more than just conquering. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are able to have forgiveness of sin, the value of prayer to resist temptation, the guidance of God's word, the encouragement of fellowship with other Christians. We are blessed while we're here living on earth as disciples of Christ. We are conquerors through Christ who loves us as we walk in him. But remember what Paul said, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. So I want to know what is contained in that little phrase, more than. I want to focus on that. If we can be forgiven of our sin, we can worship in spirit and in truth, we can read and study God's word, we can wear the whole armor of God, we can stand against the wiles of the devil. If we don't have to worry about the perils listed by Paul back in verse 35, if they do not separate us from the love of Christ, now what is Paul talking about? What is contained in that phrase, more than? If we have fellowship with God here on earth through the activity of our faith in God, faith in Christ, if we have peace that passes understanding, hope as an anchor of the soul, strength to get through the storms of life, what more? What more could there be beyond this great conquest provided by the cross? Here's where we need to go back and read the paragraph again. Listen carefully, 31 to 39 in Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, did you hear something in verse 38? Among the things listed unable to separate us from the love of Christ in God 
is death. So all those things disciples of Christ have from God now, all those things we consider that we have that enables us to be conquerors while we are here on earth, death doesn't take all that away. In fact, we are more than conquerors. Look at it this way. More than blessings received and embraced while we're here on the earth, there is more. Death does not separate the Christian from the love of Christ in God. It's not over at death. It's just getting better for Christians. It is as written by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. Can I take you there? 1 Corinthians 15. This is that chapter where Paul affirms the resurrection of the dead. That we will be raised. It's where he says we shall all be changed. I'm going to start at verse 53. Verse 53 in 1 Corinthians 15. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality then shall come to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is your victory O death where is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We can conquer sin here, through our dependence on Christ that is active. We have spiritual blessings in Christ while we're living as his, his disciples here, while we're alive. We have the whole armor of God to wear while we are here in the battle. We are conquerors, but we are more than conquerors because even in death... There is victory received from a gracious God who says he will raise us to dwell with him forever. There is ultimate final victory that comes after and that is more than the conquering we're able to do by faith in Christ now. Well, there's another part of this. I need to talk about by what means we are more than conquerors. We can immediately rule out any claims of self-sufficiency or any boasting that by reason of our marvelous lifelong character and unflinching courage, we became more than conquerors. We can rule that out because early in the book of Romans, Paul devotes three chapters to saying we're guilty of sin. So we go back and we read the whole verse. We are more than conquerors by what means now? Through him who loved us. 
See, we can't get ourselves out of sin by our own power without Christ. We can't be conquerors over sin and hardship apart from Him. By grace we are saved through faith, right? And another question should occur to us. Could you raise yourself from the dead? The question is self-contradictory. So to get out of sin, to stay out of sin, to navigate through the storms and difficulties of life, and then to experience victory in death, it is all through Him who loved us. I want you to listen one more time to our text. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You remember what Paul said in the first Corinthian passage? He said, your labor is not in vain. If you are a Christian, washed in the blood of the Lamb, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, you need to know, and I need to know, our labor is not in vain. Not only are we able to conquer here, more than that, in the resurrection, God will give us the ultimate victory purchased by the Lord on the cross. Should you need to respond to these great truths and promises in any way, please, while we stand together to sing. Who will follow Jesus and before you? <clears throat>